one. There it is. All right. It is a beautiful Thursday. I don't have it. Uh, wait, maybe I do. Yes, I do. It's our favorite day of the week. So happy it's Thursday. Stole that from the bro. All right. Let's jump into a fun show. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is a beautiful Thursday. Welcome to the show. Before we jump into our topic and get to meet our guest, I want to just quickly remind you of three real quick things. Number one, I'm still celebrating. So happy we did it. Over 100 subscribers. You can officially find us now on youtube.com slash practicing poly a, and you can find us everywhere on social media at practicing poly a, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, whatever. Follow us there. Uh, and also, please, now that we have all of that stuff done, uh, I need iTunes and Spotify and wherever it is that you're listening to your downloads, please leave me a review, uh, five stars if you think we deserve it. I think we do. Uh, and uh, that'll really help us out. Number two, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So excited. 11 a.m. Pacific time. We're going to have Dr. Eli Chef on the show. So make sure that you go to bondingproject.com. Take the bonding type test to get an idea of your bonding style because we are going to be talking about that tomorrow at 11 a.m. And the very last thing as always, a reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcomed guest on the show. If you're actively polyamorous, if you're polyam curious, if you're a professional serving the polyamorous community, if you're disabled, BIPOC, pan, bi, demi, gay, straight, sex worker, kinkster, queer, lesbian, trans, NB, ace, arrow, whatever it is. And if I missed you, let me know so I can include you on the next one. I want to hear your story because the more stories we hear, the more the world learns about us, the more representation we have, the better we can serve our community. All right. That's my spiel. And now, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with the show. Our guest today is on a mission to help you be free, free of how society told you to behave, Free to be wild in the best of ways. Free to be exactly who you are and live a passionate life. She is the founder of the Sexual Health Alliance, SHA, an ever-expanding organization focused on providing high-quality education in sexual health to therapists and sexual health professionals. The organization has grown to now include the Southwest SHA and the Great Lakes SHA, which means that more and more mental health providers are being educated about alternatives to monogamy, and our message of, in of inclusivity is being more widely spread. I am so excited to hear from and learn from someone who cares deeply about the issues facing the polyamorous community. So without further ado, joining us today from ReSpark Therapy, operating in Colorado and Texas, welcome to the show, Heather Mick. Pearson. <laughs> I Heather, I, I told you my intros are, are my thing, right? I told you it was a little bit different. It's so fun. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I had the pleasure of being on your podcast uh, yesterday, recording for your podcast yesterday. Um, so I got to know you a little bit. You, we got to know each other a little bit. That's a lot of fun. Uh, first of all, tell me about your podcast. Let's start with that. Um, when's that episode going to air and where can people find out, find your podcast? 
Yeah, so it's Practice Outside the Lines podcast, and uh, practiceoutsidethelines.com is the website, and it basically is a podcast that focuses on the business of sexual health. So everyone who has a business in sexuality or in sexual health, um, I want to talk to them, I want to share their story, I want to learn from them so that we can all grow and figure out how to make a successful living out of this. I love it. I love it. It Obviously, I'm a big fan of podcasting. I've uh, been doing it for myself for a long time, but uh, this is not about me. This is all about you. So let's find a little bit, find out a little bit more about you. Uh, tell me a little bit about your story. Uh, what inspired you to get into this uh, sexual health or sexual therapy, sexual health therapy, uh, and and to get you to where to where you are today? Yeah, so I went to school, got my uh, licensed professional counseling um, and licensed marriage and family therapist, and I started practicing. And then I started getting a lot of couples talking about sex. And I kind of went, whoa, we didn't really cover this in grad school. <laughs> what do I do? And what? so, yeah, it's actually, it's actually difficult. It's becoming a little bit better. But most of the time, most grad schools, including medical schools, um, have little to no education about sexual health. Uh, so even, even medical providers only get typically 10 hours of anatomy based sex education. So sometimes they'll be sitting with a patient and talking with them and they, they don't really know how to talk about sexual health. And sometimes their biases can get in the way as well. Um, so whenever I encountered clients and patients talking about sex, I kind of went, whoa, I need more training. <laughs> Where do I do that? What do I, what do I do? How do I get that? And, um, I had to end up traveling all over the country to find it. And so when Whenever I went to some conferences, I was like, you know what, I want to bring this locally. And I was in Austin at the time. And so I decided to bring in the experts, fly them in, have kind of these exceptional lectures. Um, and then we kind of grew from there. That was with the Sexual Health Alliance, started it in 2015. And we just grew it and grew it. And now we have students from all over the world learning about um, how to become certified as a sex therapist, educator, coach, or counselor. Nice. Very cool. Okay. So let me get this straight. If I was going to see a regular run-of-the-mill therapist and I was having issues in the bedroom with, you know, whoever I'm with, like, they wouldn't necessarily have the tools to tell me, like, how to fix those things? Isn't that mind-boggling? <laughs> I mean, I it feel like is. it blows your mind that you can become a couples therapist and not really even have an hour of how to talk about sex. I think some graduate schools are getting better about this, and so they have maybe a class on it. But um, but yeah, it's not something we learn. We you know, in our society, I think in general, we talk about everything else, but talking about sex and how to work with clients and patients is not something that is generally taught in schools. And there could be a lot of bureaucracy and you know a lot of the rules that depending on what kind of university you go to in terms of what they allow. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Wow. Oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, exactly, Steve. I'm, I'm just, I'm like mind blown about that. That's crazy. Okay. So, so you figured this out and this inspired you to start the Sexual Health Alliance. Tell me about the Sexual Health Alliance, what this means to you and, and what they're providing uh, to, to the world. Yeah, so we were, we went on a mission to 
figure out how to provide affordable and progressive sex education to providers. So to therapists, doctors, coaches, consultants, anyone who works with patients and talks to them about sex, we want to provide the most progressive training out there um, so that they can figure out how to um, work with patients in a more ethical and um, helpful way. And so we provide certification programs that uh, for people all over the world, we have people in, um, in, in China and in Australia and Sweden, Japan right now. It's kind of crazy. It's cool. The one thing that did come, <laughs> come out of COVID is that we can't <laughs> go anywhere because we're all online. It's right, all yeah. Online now. Um, but basically, we provide all the educational pieces if they want to go on to get ASEC certified, which ASEC is the American Association for Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. They require 150 CE continuing education hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, so, so we provide all of that. And then our program is really the most progressive and radical program out there. Our director of education is Dr. Chris Donahue, who took over for Loveline. He's super badass. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. And so he's our director of clinical education. And so our goal is just to really push the envelope, push the field forward. And so we provide well over 200 CEs in our certification program, too. So they can, you know, people going to the program can do both. I love that. It's it's such a service and such a such a needed obviously because it's not otherwise taught. That I'm still I'm still totally mind blown about that. Uh what types of counselors like like who should be uh trying to get educated by SHA? Should it just be all counselors everywhere? Is there a specific type? Um who who should be looking to 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 sign up with you guys? Yeah, so there's different specialties that therapists can go into. And so sometimes people will specialize in OCD, obsessive compulsive behavior. Sometimes they will specialize in uh, marriage and family issues. And so really sex therapy is a specialization of psychotherapy. And so if someone wants to primarily see sex therapy clients, then it, it would be helpful to get the additional training and become certified. Got it. That makes sense. So what about for the polyamorous community? Obviously, you know, there's going to be differences and nuances when we're talking sexual health for monogamous folks versus polyamorous mm -hmm. folks uh, or, you know, anybody in, in any kind of non-monogamy. What are some specific things for the non-monogamous community that therapists around the world should know about? Yeah, so there's so many myths and misconceptions about open relationships and polyamory. And at ReSpark Therapy Associates, our group practice, we specialize in seeing open relationships, CNM, consensual non-monogamy, polyamory clients. Uh, and I think that a lot of times people who work with these types of folks and in this population will kind of say, oh, I have a friend that does it, so I can see those clients. I, I kind of know. I'm, I'm friendly. You know, I'm poly-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we try to take a step further um, and say, well, what would it be like to be poly-knowledgeable? Um, what would it be oh. like to get, you know, 60 to 100 hours of training, specifically looking at the research, up-to-date, peer-reviewed peer -reviewed research? Um, and what would, what would it be like to be special in working with this population. And so with Sexual Health Alliance, that's what we created. We created a consensual non-monogamy certification program that's a year-long program. We're about halfway through it right now. Nice. That's so cool. So that you guys have, you said over 100 hours, 60 to 100 hours of specialized education in 
polyamory or, or, or otherwise non-monogamous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that you are pretty darn familiar with uh, Dr. Chef and- Yes, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Chef actually partners with us and is, is helping oh, us create that program. Yeah, so oh. Dr. Chef um, teaches a live webinar every month with us and we coordinate with other special guests that we have come on board as well as, you know, research and um, assignments and projects and all those fun things. <laughs> That's what I do. A tan. A tan. Give it a tan. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited about this. Can you tell me about some of the research that, that is going on? Some of the like new things that were that that are being discovered or talked about right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that in general, it's really easy for our biases and our judgments to get in the way of helping our clients. So we really want to kind of assess that. Where Where is our baseline? Where are we beginning? Um, and I think that, you know, how we do that is kind of through that discussion base, um, through experiential activities and, and kind of talking about what, what it's like to work with this population and what are the common misconceptions and the common things that we need to know. And I think that a lot of the time, you know, even if we are, you know, coming coming into this field kind of poly friendly, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. we can still hold some of those biases and not know it. Um, you know, and those general things can be like, you know, if someone's poly, that means that, you know, they've cheated or they can't commit or, you know, all mm-hmm. of the kind of things that we all hear. Um, and so really challenging those and understanding, well, what does the research actually say? Um, and what it says is that people in these types of relationships actually requires a lot more communication, a lot more right. emotional intelligence and work to keep multiple relationships going. Uh, and you have to be a really good communicator, a really good relationship person. Yeah, absolutely. We do. We it's all about that communication, communication, communication over and over and over again. It's the mantra. Um, what, and, and you said this twice, the uh, mis, misconceptions. The That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Misconceptions. So one of them is that we can't commit and, or that we're cheaters. What are some other common yeah. misconceptions? Oh like maybe the, the biggest ones. Yeah. Oh, the biggest ones. Well, something that comes to mind is that there's research now that says that people – think um, poly people um, don't walk their dog, they don't you know, floss their teeth, they don't <laughs> do some of these like health conscious behaviors. And I think sometimes it can come from the idea that um, they aren't as worried maybe about STDs or STIs, which is completely the opposite because um, as we all know, like people in uh, polyamorous and open relationships have to talk more about kind of the risk associated with it. And they have, they have better skills in communicating about, you know, what they have, what the risk factors are, what they feel comfortable with, negotiating boundaries, all of those different um, skills. And so I think that uh, I think that that's a really big piece that the general population kind of gets wrong in terms of who who actually does this. It's like that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. Yeah. words right out of my mouth that's it um uh there was something else that i wanted to ask you about and i'm trying to think of it but you know what i'm just gonna keep going because i can't think of it right now it totally brain farted it but it's just so cool so fun that you're you're actually like in the middle of all of this research and you know discovering all of these new things not ah, there it is now i remembered 
I wanted to ask you about the people that are participating in this research or the, that are participating in SHA. One of the things that I'm finding as I'm interviewing more and more and more professionals that serve the polyamorous community is that a good number of them are polyamorous themselves. Mm -hmm. Are you noticing kind of the same type of trend? Yes, um, I think that that's very common. Uh, a lot of times people will go into sex therapy because they're looking to learn more. They're hungry for more information um, and they want to just get their hands on anything and everything they can to become a better lover and a better sexual explorer. And so I think that uh, a lot of people who specialize in polyamory and open relationships have either thought about it, maybe they fantasized about it, or maybe they're in it themselves. I love it. And speaking of uh, looking for more resources, Yvette has a comment here or a question. Uh, are these trainings or webinars for therapists? Are there trainings or webinars for therapists who want to start learning more but aren't able to pay for a full course or certification? Yep, exactly. Yes, we we absolutely do. We actually have a training this weekend with Dr. David Lay, two-day training. Anyone can register and sign up for it. Um, there's one day and two-day fees. So you can you can go the whole weekend or you can just choose to one to to watch one day. Um, or you can uh, get the recording later on too. So you can purchase it now and get the recording if you can't show up live because it is a live conference as well. But um, yeah, that's pretty much how we started is that we wanted more therapists and more providers to um, to have access to affordable training and to be able to learn more so they can even just figure out how to assess does this client need specific in-depth or intensive sex therapy. So just being able to talk about it and assess and in kind of the most basic ways can be really helpful. We also, um, when we were in person, uh, we had exceptional lecture part of the weekend that was open to everyone. So people would bring their partners, therapists and providers would bring their partners, bring their friends, and we had sex nerd trivia. It was just so much fun. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. And thank you, Yvette, for uh, the comment, for the question. Really appreciate it. Uh, I, I might have missed it. Uh, I don't know if our audience did, but one more time, where can people sign up for uh, these courses, this two-day course that you've got coming up? Yes, yeah, so it's www.sexualhealthalliance.com. And then just click on the events tab. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> Man, this is so cool. I'm I'm so excited to get to talk to you because you really are, like I said, you're on, you're like on the leading edge. There's so much going on. The Sexual Health Alliance. Tell me a little bit more about the group. Uh, it's it's expanded now. You've got the Great Great Lakes. And then you've got We're the Southwest. So, so we actually started at as Southwest Sexual Health Alliance in um, Austin, Texas. And then we kind of changed the name just to include Sexual Health Alliance. So we could kind of have students from all over the world. We started expanding into different regions in the states. And then uh, three years ago, I kind of decided, you know what? We don't need these many regions and chapters. We're just going to be everywhere. <laughs> nice. So Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> so true, Doc Brown. So true. We, I mean, and you really don't. And especially, you know, over the past 12 months and all of the craziness that happened. Thank you very much, COVID. Uh, now, but I mean, something really good came out of it that you said you're reaching worldwide. I mean, you have audiences in Japan and Thailand. And, you know, that actually brings up a question. What is the the reach, the the reaction, the um, the story in the international community as far as non-monogamy goes? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that like what is most um, 
like important and wonderful to me is just the community of the people who are joining um you know sexual health alliance and joining in on the conferences is so beautiful and enriching and i think that you know most of the people that kind of join our certification programs and you know in on the conferences are pretty radical and progressive themselves they kind of know what they're getting into and so they're really hungry for more information about open and polyamory relationships and so i think that um you know, a lot of them are either exploring it themselves or they're just wanting to learn more about it and so that they can better serve their clients. Um, and I think that uh, it's becoming more and more popular. I think I read mm -hmm. some research that it was like 20% of people have either thought about being in a, have either thought about being in a polyamorous relationship or they've tried it in the past. Um, wow. So I think it's just growing and acceptance is growing. And so that's really positive to see. I love that. I'm curious though, like, cause we're talking about uh, the international community. Are there any differences that you see? Like, I, I don't know if like other, other countries, other cultures maybe don't have the jealousy factor as much because they're more, you know, the U S is a very individualistic culture, right? <laughs> Whereas Japan is a very community centric culture. So I'm wondering if there's, if there are like some of those little nuanced mm -hmm. differences, if there's anything that comes to mind for that. Absolutely. I think that there's different cultures have um, different ways of talking about sex. And whenever we're talking about open and polyamorous relationships, we're talking about sex too. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's about or many romantic relationships, but I think that the stigma is that it's someone who's having more sex with more than one person. That's what generally the population will think about it. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in Japan, you know, the, some of the students we have there are kind of in the military population. So obviously mm -hmm. that's very conservative. And so it's not as much talked about. But I think that in general, humans have jealousy typically, right? And so right. I think that no matter what culture you're from, um, you know, it's really common to feel um, all the feelings, right? Underneath the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, sometimes depending on where, what culture you're in, it might be more acceptable to kind of turn your head if someone's cheating or to, you know, this is just how it goes. Um, but I think that in terms of the polyamorous community, it's different because you actually talk about it and you're open and honest about what's happening in the relationship. I love it. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I, man, I, I just think it's so cool that... I'm 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 still like just wow you're you're really on the leading edge. Uh, who are some of the other? It, yeah, I'm, I I, I kind of want to be a part of it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. We'll talk more about that uh, afterwards. I ignored my destiny once. <laughs> I won't do it again, Thanos. I promise. Um, who are some of the other leading researchers? I mean, of course, we know uh, Dr. Chef, who's going to be on the show tomorrow at 11, everybody. Uh, and um, the probably the, the big famous book that's come out recently is uh, Jessica Fern's um, Polysecure. Polysecure, thank mm -hmm. you. What are some other uh, top researchers that uh, that I should have on the show? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so Dr. David Lay is a, is a really wonderful researcher and psychologist and certified sex therapist and supervisor. Um, he wrote Insatiable Wives. Um, that was his first book. So it talks about cuckolding and hot wifing and different types of open relationships. Um, there's uh, lots of amazing books out there, including Ethical Slut and Tristan Termino with Opening Up mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, Liz Powell with Building Open Relationships. I think there's um, two people and a whole kind of board along with them, but Heath Sledginger, I think is how you say his last name, and Amy Morris have done really wonderful work with the APA, so the American Psychological Association, and bringing, you know, CNM, consensual non-monogamies, into the psychological communities and um, in, in, in therapy communities. And so mm -hmm. psychologists and, um, and specifically some of the directors are now open to having that be um, a box that you can check that you work with open and poly relationships. And so they've done some really great research to bring it out into the open and more acceptable as well. Try to make the world a better place. Exactly that. Mm -hmm. Exactly that. Making the world a better place, making our community more represented, uh, reducing the stigma, doing all these things. I, I so love and appreciate the work that you all are doing over there uh, at SHA. Tell me a little bit about, uh, I mean, we, we know where, where we've been, where we are. Where do you want to take it? Where do you want this to go? And what, what impact do you want SHA to have on the world? Yeah, I mean, I think that the main piece is just being able to provide high quality, progressive and radical sex education to health providers, people who are, you know, talking to clients and patients about sex, or maybe patients that are bringing up sex in the room, and you don't want your provider to be a deer in the headlight and kind of not know what to do or say, mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, a, a client will or patient will say something, um, you know, that the therapist hasn't experienced or hasn't heard before, or maybe hasn't watched that type of porn. <laughs> and, um, and we don't want them to have, you know, a shocking or disgusted look on their face or wide open jaw. You know, they want. <gasps> Right. Not that, that reaction. That. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so we want to be able to um, to provide that access to really good, high quality education. And I think that in the future, we really want to be able to push the field forward in terms of what we include. You know, I think historically it's been very difficult to include, you know, sex workers and body workers and all these different types of sexual health professionals into kind of the quote unquote professional world. And so that's something that since the very beginning in 2015, we made it a mission to be all inclusive truly and really invite um, all different types of professions into our community and into our conferences because we want to hear from them. We want them to be on our panel. We want to learn from them because we think that everyone, all different types of professionals have something to bring to the table. I totally agree with that. All types of people have something to bring to the table. It's, it's why I always say it at the beginning of every show, no matter how you identify, no matter what you are, no matter who you are, if you know, you're part of this community, like we want your representation. You are, you are important. You matter. Your voice matters. We want to hear it. And uh, so come on and be a guest. Um, oh man, this, this has been so much fun. This has been so much fun. Uh, I did have another question, but again, I brain farted. Can't think of it. I don't know what's up with me. It must be Thursday. Um, what are some last 
thoughts, final thoughts, uh, some things that you would want to share. Oh, I remember what it is. Out of all of the things that you're doing uh, for with SHA for therapists, how widespread is the message? Like, you know, we have 100% of all therapists in the world, right? How many of them are actually getting this kind of training? And, and how do you see it progressing where we can share this message with all therapists and, and be able to have that representation all the way through? Ooh, okay, so that's a tough one. I would probably estimate that 15% maybe of all therapists in the world are getting this training and getting wow. these messages. And I think that, you know, it's kind of the 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 statement of we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I spoke about this in the beginning that like, you know, a lot of us will say, you know, we have poly friends or we have family members or we, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people who are in this community, but I think it's very different b- versus being in it or being in the research or being in the population and working with them directly. And so I think that, um, you know, there's, there's kind of this message that uh, I want to get out in terms of, I really want, people that are going to specialize and work with this population to really dive into it and understand, you know, maybe unknowingly what biases they might have or what religious or cultural messages that they might be, you know, having a part of their repertoire and not know it. Um, I think that that can really happen quite frequently. And so I really want people to, um, to really check in with themselves and, and think about some of the ideas and beliefs that they have and, and how that might come into conflict with uh being in a polyamorous relationship perfect well like i said it's it's been so much fun getting to learn from you uh i I really am excited about the work that you are doing uh you and your team and and everybody over there at sha uh i i really i'm definitely going to follow that uh for everybody else out there you know what i'll let you do it Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get more information, where they can find out more about uh, both you and the work that you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want to say really quickly that the work that you're doing is amazing (laughs) to be able to talk to people and and have them share their stories and bring this type of relationship structure into light and and have people gain community through it is so powerful. So thank you for kind of being a part of this community and serving in this way. Uh, Make me blush. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, yeah, I mean, follow us on Instagram, uh, you know, at Respect Therapy at Sexual Health Alliance. Um, website is respark.co, CEO uh, for therapy um, in Texas and Colorado. We also have coaching worldwide. Um, and then sexualhealthalliance.com is where you can learn more and get more training and go on towards certification if you want. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Any final thoughts, last thing that you want to mention before we head off? Oh, and the podcast is Practice Outside the Lines if anyone wants to come on and guess. And I think your episode will probably be out in the next couple of months. We're about to release another 10 episodes. So we'll we'll get that in that 10. (laughs) Get you in that. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, Heather. I want to thank you again so much for spending some time with us. It's really been a pleasure. I swear I can talk today. (laughs) It's been a pleasure and such an honor to uh, get to know you and and hear your message and and learn about uh, Respark and especially the Sexual Health Alliance. I'm I'm really excited about all all of that. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I super appreciate you and all the work you're doing. Of course, of course. And thank you as always to our live audience as well. As a reminder, when you're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same cannot be said for the podcast download. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday uh, at 2.30 Pacific time. Every once in a while, we have some special ones like today. Uh, <laughs> or sign up for the Patreon where you get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and you get to support the show. Don't forget to head over to bondingproject.com uh, between now and 11 a.m. tomorrow so that you'll know what Dr. Eli Chef and I are talking about and subscribe on YouTube and leave us a review if you haven't already. All right, that's it. That's all that we got. Thank you all, as always, for hanging out with us. Have a great... Wait, actually, it's... Have a nice day! Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing.